you for checking out the Warehouse Church Podcast. We would love to connect with you. Take a moment and visit us at warehousechurch.com. Wherever you are, we hope this message encourages you today. Now, here's Pastor Ed.
So if, when things were happening at 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock in the morning here, they were happening at 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock at night for us. We were watching TV. We were laughing watching TV that day. I remember this distinctly because in the Philippines, this is what made me think of this. Uh, in the Philippines, they start celebrating Christmas, Labor Day weekend. That's when the city puts up all of their Christmas lights together. They are up in September, October, November, December, and into the second week of January. The reason they're up starting in September, because September is one of the bird months. Right? September, October, and that's what they really call bird. Bird meaning cold. That must start the beginning of the Christmas season. Labor Day weekend. And by the way, Labor Day weekend is usually about 100 degrees. And then, of course, when Christmas comes, it cools off to an extra crispy 92, you know, during that time of year. Right? Uh, you know, so close to the equator. But we were watching TV that night. We were laughing because Christmas commercials came on the television. And we were like, oh my gosh, we thought it was bad. You know, right after Halloween, uh, Christmas commercials come. We were, we were talking about that. We were talking about it. And then my mom calls and said, hey, you need to turn on CNN. World War III just started. What are you talking about, Mom? She said, turn your TV on. She's bawling and short of breath and all that stuff. And we turned on the television. And it was probably just a few minutes after the first plane hit the first tower. And we watched live from the Philippines when the second plane hit the second tower. And everything that kind of happened afterwards on the television, I'm sure many of you remember being glued to the TV that day at some level or another. And I stayed up all night that night. I, I, didn't, I didn't really bet at all. I stayed up all night in the morning because I wanted to be, didn't know what was happening. Now nobody did, but I wanted to tell my kids about it, uh, two of which were kind of junior high age, and then one of them, I sure was a baby, didn't understand anything that was going on. But we wanted to, you know, Explain what was happening so we had to know what was happening. And just all night long, we were thinking, you know, and then living in a third world country, uh, we had a relationship with the United States ambassador. And because we were uh, on a visa living in, 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 the, in the Philippines, the ambassador was very aware of our presence and where we lived and we had registered there with visas and so forth. Well, every day we would get a, uh, an email of some kind saying, uh, be careful when you go into this part of the city, there's been some uh, activity of, uh, uh, of violence, and they say it's, it's connected to, you know, uh, this, this kind of Musayam uh, thing. It was just all, every single day, and it's kind of like one of these things where like, oh, you know, we kind of got used to getting these emails from the United States Ambassador's Office that we kind of just dismissed. But after this happened on September 11th, of course, we were very aware, right at the top of bottom, we were told to stay in our houses for the next seven days until further notice. And if you need food, get some of your Filipino friends to go to the grocery store for you. You don't want to see the bottle right now. So we really kind of laid low for the next few days. Didn't even leave uh, the compound where we lived. And every single day, just like you, watching the news. What's the latest? What's the why? What's the who? How did this happen? How could this happen on American soil? And you're watching it from seven, eight thousand miles away, our view of what was happening in the United States, we longed to be home and near our family and, 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 and uh, close to people that we cared about, and all those emotions were intact for us. But one of the things I remember seeing uh, unfolding was this, this thing of chaos. Just chaos. Nobody knew why, nobody knew why. Everybody was kind of you know, worried about 
in Newcastle, Delaware, there's an airport, really small airport there. Uh, I think it's called Wilmington Airport, if I'm not mistaken. Is it Newcastle County Airport or something? Uh, when, right after it happened, uh, one of the Air Force One airplanes landed there, and then it went right back up again. And they were all aware of that, because it's actually literally in, in, in viewing from Bermuda, who's in Florida, they flew up, came down, landed in Delaware, and here. I don't know if it was him or if it was another Air Force plane, but it was the Air Force One looking presidential plane, they remember that. Um, but everybody wanted to hear from the president. We all wanted some, some feeling of things are going to be okay here, is something awful going to happen in our country. It was really kind of a, kind of a scary time. I was watching the TV like many of you were when President George Bush, right, goes to New York City, stands on the wreckage with a megaphone, talking some affirmation to the firemen that we're cleaning up, the firemen that gave their lives, and made some big statements about we're going to get who did this, and we're going to be strong. And this great patriotism just swelled up in our country, and it really felt like right after that happened, there was just this feeling of peace. That, that we're going to be okay, you know? Uh, we, have, we do have a strong military anymore. We do live in the greatest country in the world. So I'm saying that to that. And there was, a, there, was, there was just this piece about that. When, when Kim and I flew back to the States just two months later, when her dad passed away in November, we noticed some things. We noticed airport security went super crazy. We're, we're told today for an international flight at the airport about three hours ahead of time, and maybe two hours ahead of time for whatever reason. But in, in, in the Philippines, they said to us, before you go to Corazon uh, Aquino Airport, you need to be there five hours ahead of time because of the line going through and, and all this extra checking they were doing. And then, if you've ever been through TSA and you've had one of those pat downs and you felt like you were extra checked out, they, don't do that in a foreign country. It's nothing, they are way, way, way more thorough in a foreign country, especially coming back to the United States. It's really, it's really something. But I remember watching all this take place, and, and, and we couldn't wait to get home, not only because of, you know, we had death in our family, but to get our feet on American soil, and, and, and just to kind of feel that, that there's just something very safe and peaceful if you've been out in the United States for a while and you put your feet back on American soil, you know? When, when Jesus came to the earth, and this, this is so significant about the celebration of Advent because last week we talked about hope and, and we understand that we're supposed to be prepared, the Bible teaches us in First Peter, to give an answer of the hope that lies within us. We're supposed to be prepared to talk about our hope that's in us, the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope of the second coming, the hope of eternal life, which is the hope of the relationship. All those different things needs to be very fresh and real on our mouth. This, this understanding, this week we're going to talk about peace. And there, there's some verses that talk about the peace that took place when Jesus came to the earth. In Luke chapter 2, we read the story of Jesus' birth. And, and one of the things that the shepherds said to Jesus when they recognized it was Jesus, and, and, and it was spoken of this way, Glory to God in the highest in heaven, and peace on earth for those with whom God is pleased. Jesus brought peace on earth. He spoke about this peace in John chapter 14. Uh, when he was talking about preparing a place for us, he said, I'm leaving you a gift, peace of mind and heart. I want you to think about that second, for a second this morning. 
peace of mind. I think we undervalue peace of mind sometimes. You know? Uh, we want to have all the stuff that we want to have. We want to do all the stuff that we want to do. But there's just something about Kim and I were sitting at the house yesterday. It was quiet. Um, Nikki and Katie were gone. We didn't have grandkids over at the time. We were just kind of relaxing. But I think we made it goes off and, and had a good old person 15 minute nap on a Saturday afternoon. It was heavenly, was it a night? I think I slept for 15 minutes. She may have slept for two or three hours. I don't remember what it was. But so we were just talking about, man, it's very peaceful today. You know? And the peace, I think, is undervalued. I really do. Uh, there's a lot of people that, that aren't living in peace right now. Whether it's peace because of a relationship, turmoil that's happening between a husband and wife. Well, I just, I'm so thankful for, for, for who I married to and the marriage that God has blessed us with because um, I, I never experienced chaos in this relationship with the, the kid and I have. Now, we have chaos with our four girls. You know, we've had a lot of chaos with that. Uh, I have not seen what we have not heard. When four teenage girls live in the same house together, go through the same things. That's a verse somewhere. I'll find it in the next week. But there's a lot of people that don't have marriage peace or relationship peace in their life. That there's, there's a lot of people that, that are experiencing some kind of chaos in their life. And a lot of that has to do with their lack of or maybe their, their, their insecurity in their relationship with Christ. Paul said this about the relationship with Christ when he speaks about the book of Romans. Romans 5, Thus therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. The book of Hebrews again says in, in, in verse number one of chapter one, long ago God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors and prophets. You know that picture. And now in these final days, he's spoken to us through his son. And God promised everything to the son as an inheritance, as though the son he created, uh, the son he created, created the universe. There was something about the presence of God being here on the earth that brought this earth peace. I don't know if, if, if you can talk about in your life, I hope you can at some level, uh, this phrase in the Word of God that says, the peace of God that passes all understanding. You know? The peace of God that passes all understanding is not necessarily tied into uh, the balance in your bank account. Or maybe even your physical health. Or maybe even uh, things around you. you know, it's just, it just seems like there's chaos uh, all around us every single day in so many areas. And maybe you're in chaos yourself. But when Jesus came to the earth, our, our, the world, we talked about this last week, was in chaos. Uh, there was uh, a very secular, immoral government that was in charge, uh, pretty much of that part of the world, the Roman government. Uh, they were very immoral. They had they just had really just crazy, crazy. You hear things about our world today, about sexuality and questioning sexuality and all this weird stuff. They had that back in the Roman time, you know? Uh, they had brothels and public bathhouses and, and weird stuff that was going on like, in the history of the Roman government. And really what the downfall was, it was really connected to uh, the immorality that was at very high levels of the Roman government. But 
That was here on the earth, and they were in charge of, of Israel. They were in charge of Jerusalem. And, and Jews felt very insecure. They knew why. They knew the fact that maybe it's time when God told David, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to use you to have influence on the whole world. He said this to Solomon. If you follow me, if your kids follow me, if your grandkids follow me, all the days of your lives, and you don't turn your back on God, and you don't worship the gods of this country and that country, and you don't intertwine your people uh, with, with, with ungodly, just super secular minded people, you keep, you keep yourself close to God. I'm going to bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. But when you turn your back on me, and if you worship other gods, and if you start sacrificing your babies for this, and you start doing this, and you start doing this, my hands are going to be removed from you, and then other nations are going to come in, and they're going to, they're going to put you under oppression, they're going to take you away, and they're going to be prisoners to that. And all these terrible things will happen to you, so just stay with me. And because they didn't stay with God, and they worship other gods, and they followed what other countries were doing, God's hand and blessing was removed from Israel. You know what happened when that happened? Chaos. And boy, I don't certainly want to bring any kind of political message to you this morning at all. I really don't. But doesn't it feel like we're living in chaos right now? Now, I don't talk about the rest of the world, third world country where people are worried about food or, or other countries that are, that, that are still dealing with oppressive governments or, or communism at some level. It just feels very chaotic every single day when you turn the TV on. And, and it just seems like the best thing to do is just like, ah, blah, 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 I'm here. And it just kind of feels like it's the best thing to do. We, you know, we remember that verse out of the Chronicles, which is, if my people will humble themselves, they will, you know, we remember that verse, and say, maybe that's what we need to do, but it just feels very chaotic. And the only peace is going to come back to this earth again when Jesus comes back. Just like he did. In Jerusalem, a couple that Bethlehem, a couple thousand years ago, as a baby, born of a virgin, to bring peace on earth. And Jesus grew up. And when he grew up, he called and strained some disciples. And in Matthew chapter 8, it, there's a very good story about the peace that, that, that Jesus brought just to a few people. You know, I love about the Word of God, I love about the Word of God. You can read stories about the nations, and it just seems like preceding chapters or chapters that come after talk about individualized attention that God gives us. You know, people working in people's lives with their names, working in people's lives with their families. That's what God wants to do in all of our lives. Well, in the book of Matthew, Jesus was out in Matthew chapter 7, early chapter 8, preaching like he does. He was doing the big stuff, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes were, man, it's great, great. Uh, anthematic sermon that Jesus gave that day was just amazing with so much truth and, 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 and just rich doctrine that was in there. You don't know, have to tell everyone he's tired. And in Matthew chapter 8, the Bible says that Jesus and the disciples got on the boat to go across the lake and on the way to rest to kind of take a little bit of time off to eat. And there's something that's really, really important about resting and the principle of the Sabbath. Listen, God gave that to us because we knew we needed it. You know, but the principle here, Jesus took his disciples away, and in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, it's Jesus got on the boat, started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake, with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And listen, these were people that were novice on a boat. Uh, Kim and I took a, a cruise about, I don't know, this was almost 10 or 12 years ago, and that was 
One time, we took one cruise. I mean, probably there's, there's some people in our church that go cruising all the time and cruise with their family members and stuff. And I don't probably get into that group because we had a bad cruise experience. We were on a cruise when there was like backlash of hurricane right afterwards and 15, 20 foot swells and going up and down and up and down and up and down. And, and it was so bad that that, 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 that night dinner was, was, they gave us bad lunches instead of our dinner. Uh, the comedy show that night, they canceled it. And when, when we were told to go back to our rooms and, and nestle down and be still, we're going by quarters and, and, and different employees of the ship that we were on, crying, really scared. And man, I said, like, oh, I'm going to jump in the water. Am I jumping? What's going on here? This is really, really felt. And then we were sick. We went, so you know, when you get seasick, I got to go buy drama. We go to the gift shop, we go buy some drama. Yeah, we might have that three hours. These guys are fishermen who were used to being out on the water all the time. This is their livelihood. They've been through the storm before. They knew what it was like. They weren't inexperienced to understand what they needed to do when the waves came up real high. You know, but this crazy storm came up and it was so scary that even scared experienced boatsmen, if you will. <coughs> he just responded and said, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And then he got out and rebuked the wind and the seas and suddenly. There was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obeyed him. In another parallel passage of scripture describes Jesus stood up on the boat and he said this, peace be still. That's a very literal story. That, 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 that happened historically the way that the Bible teaches. But I think there's also a parallel to that story that we can kind of draw in our own lives. And I want to ask this question, and please understand, this isn't a statement of judgment or condescending or uh, think that anybody's going through something that, that, that we wouldn't understand in our lives too. But what kind of storm are you going through in your life that you would love for Jesus to get out and say, peace, peace, You know? Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were praying for our demons in the meeting that we had. You know, we're talking about the church future and all this other stuff. And one of the guys um, talked about a job situation. His business is closed. And consequently lost his job, you know. As, as, as a primary provider, a sole provider, a primary provider in his home. It's a very, very, very significant burden for him. And it was just a sweet time because I just kind of felt like all the guys on the leadership team kind of felt and owned that burden. We became one of our God blessed as God does, and just felt like Jesus took that storm away. You know, when when Kim and I were very very young married, we were uh, in Bible college at the time. And she was pregnant with Kelsey, and I was working for her shift. And we had a call from one of our neighbors, and my neighbor said, "Your wife just passed out." Thank you. 
Isn't it hard to go through a storm? It's hard because sometimes you don't see the other side of it. You don't know how long it's going to last. Um, that's what's funny. Uh, the difference between tornadoes and hurricanes kind of cracks me up a little bit. Because we've actually been through both. We've been through a tornado season living in Missouri. We've also been through hurricanes uh, living uh, on the East Coast. And then, what do they call them again? Typhoons in the middle of typhoons all the time, which are hurricanes with different names. Right? And it's funny to me the difference between a hurricane and a tornado. You know the hurricane's coming. Why do people stay when they have a hurricane? Right? I just don't understand. And listen, I'm not, they're not simple, they're not all. I just don't understand that. If I go a bean ahead of time, then my house is pretty good chance it's going to get, you know, a lot of damage. We're driving north or east or west or somewhere away because I don't want to be in the middle of that. But tornadoes are like that. You know, tornadoes are kind of one of those things where the stars on the side of the line and then like our tornado. Has anybody ever seen live tornado before? I've seen live tornado before. It's the coolest looking thing, but man, is it scary. You don't have any warning, you can't get away from that. And sometimes life throws tornadoes at you. Sometimes life throws hard work. When you kind of know it's coming, you still don't get away from it, you know? I think sin's kind of like that, and you like the hurricanes. We know, we've been told, we know the Bible says, this is wrong. If you do this, there's going to be consequences. But we're, we want to kind of stay right until the end, and then destruction happens. And that's why. Jesus came, not just to calm the storm for the disciples there that day out on the lake, but he's teaching us he must have come to calm the storm that's in your life. The storm of a relationship, the storm of a bad decision perhaps that you make. And there's something about the voice of God where you think about Jesus saying, peace be still. God's voice is very, very powerful. We underestimate that, I believe, because wasn't it God's voice that spoke the universe into existence? And Jesus says here on that day, the same voice that said, let there be light, the same voice that said, let the waters divide itself, the same voice that spoke animals and fish and birds and trees into existence, all of that happened by the voice of God, the same voice that peace be still. Right? So what is the peace that comes along in our lives when God speaks to you? Well, God speaks throughout history, bringing this peace. And there's two kinds of ways God speaks to us. There's natural revelation, which we talked about in creation. Psalm 19, 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament shows us His handiwork. If you believe in God, and believe in creation, and that literal creation that happened on six days, and you believe that God is who He said He is, if you've been to neat places, we were driving up George Bush last night, and we saw, I don't know what side of the road we were on, we saw a beautiful sunset, we said, man, that is just a handiwork of God, you know? God reveals Himself naturally, His natural revelation is creation. We see God's fingerprint every single day when we walk outside, in trees, in, in the sky, and all these beautiful things that God's created here and here. But there's also supernatural revelation. And supernatural revelation is the truth that God spoke to us directly through His Word. His Word is the, the story of the Word of God is such a miracle of how He spoke into the hearts of these men to pen these words for us and, and how God preserves Scripture throughout the ages and how we have a copy today of God's very words that can bring us eternal life, that can teach us how 
uh, to ask for forgiveness. They can teach us how to walk the way that we're supposed to walk and live the way that we're supposed to live. And, and using this as a light to our, uh, land to our feet and a light to our path. God's supernatural revelation will absolutely change your life if you read it, if you follow it, and you submit to it. This is a supernatural book. And God has it for you to learn and to grow by. And God wants to speak to you. I had somebody say to me, young pastor, I know i got to read the Bible, and I know all these things that you talk about in church, but man, don't you ever wish that God would just come down and talk to you in your living room and help you understand stuff and get your heart? Absolutely. <laughs> I promise you I felt that way. feel that way all the time. But I also know this. God gave us this, and His will would not be a mystery to us. He gave us His word. God speaks throughout history. Natural revelation, supernatural revelation. This is the second thing. God speaks through His Son, Jesus. John 14, 9, Jesus said, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and still you don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me now to show you? John chapter 10, he said this about himself. I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. My journey to be... Um, the pastor of this church, we, you all know this already, we spent a good chunk of our life in Philadelphia. And the church that I work for, our recent pastor left the church and was going to work in a different church, whatever happened, I don't even remember. When my pastor called me in the office, he said, man, I've got some great news, we found a worship pastor, he's called music director, and uh, they're going to come do a little job for our church, and we found a way to do that and save a lot of money. And, that way we're going to have more money for the youth budget, and we're going to be able to do this, and we're going to be able to do this. Oh, man, straight who is it? He said, it's you. <laughs> and I said, like, come on, preacher, what are you doing? Me? I'm not a music class. I didn't know. I didn't take any music classes. I don't know anything about that. He said, here's what you got to do. Then you take, and, and there, was, there was a class when I went to school called Song Meeting 101. And one to pass this class, you can push me how much music you all said. Ask this class, we can get up in front of our class, of our buddies, and lead through three hymns, first, second, and last verse, all the way through with a microphone. And listen, while the teacher's facing you, and all your buddies are looking at you all laughing at you, and you know, kind of sitting and joking around with you. Then you take some and you have to take We are a music director. It's like, oh. And I know about probably by now. Stuff in the handbook, I knew I was familiar with most of the songs, but I didn't know the songs. Like, I couldn't, like, I, I remember on Sunday at church, some of you have Christians for a while, remember this is a sweet memory for you. Remember on Sunday at church when the music service wasn't like a prepared order of service? Okay, who's got a song in mind to sing? 157? It was like a Christian auction.
This means that anybody who belongs to God has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. God spoke, listen, to give us peace. The peace that we have is because of the transformed life that we have through men. Peace. And, and, and if you think about how would you define peace in your life? You know? If we were to ask you this morning right now, how would you define peace? Somebody might say, all my bills are paid. That's that's peaceful. Right? We I had um, my my brother's daughter got married. His, his, his daughter just got engaged. And um, their his son just got married a few months ago in, in uh, Colorado. We were all there for that. Now he has a second wedding on my wife's left He said, Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? I said, listen, we have three weddings in 15 months. So here's the deal. We're, we don't feel sorry for you. Because <laughs> you have a lot more money than I do. Right? And I said, I will tell you this. Two, three years later, we paid, we did, about six months ago, we paid off the third wedding. It was a car payment. You know, we paid off the third wedding. We're like, yeah. And I know what's going to happen. I was going to say, Dad, I'm going to get married. You know, it's going to be one of those things. It's a movie quote if you're a movie buff. I don't know what peace may look like for you. Maybe your money stopped working out. We have some folks in our church that are going through some pretty significant health stuff right now. And peace might be a doctor saying, you're okay. You know, that may be for you. I, you may be living in marriage, in marriage hell. And peace for you would just be quiet. Your kids may be driving you crazy. Let me tell you something. I've got good kids, but I don't have perfect kids. Amen, Tim? <laughs> We've got great kids. I love my girls. But having kids is chaos in and of itself. Well, we are supposed to be looking for all stuff with our kids. And the reason God spoke is so that we would have peace. But so God wants to give you something when he speaks. Three things he's going to give you, right? God wants to give you three things when he speaks. He wants to give you peace. He just kind of wants you to know that everything's okay. The second thing that happens when God speaks is, is that you, if you're listening, can experience the peace of His Son Jesus. And, and that's what that, that, that's what Christmas is. Uh, Tara and a lot of our parents yesterday, a bunch of our kids, they're doing this production for Christmas, and it's video stuff, and audio stuff, and singing stuff, and props, and all this other stuff's going to happen. And the stage is going to be transformed on December the 17th with a big kid Obama, right? Can I tell you why we're doing that? So the people will come on that day and hear about Jesus Christ. We will give you peace. A lot of people need peace, and that only comes from Jesus Christ. And the last thing God wants you to experience in your life when He speaks is He wants you to do this. He wants to change your life. He wants to change your life. TV in the world will tell you, I'll tell you what will change your life. If, if you get this done, you lose this weight, if you get this done, you have more money, or you get this done, you have that, or, you, or this happens, or this, listen, all those things can be very, very good things. I'm not going to die you whatever that is in your life. But there's nothing, nothing, nothing like, think about this. The disciples are on the boat. Waves are crashing, you think they're going to die. Right? They come to you, Jesus. Jesus! We're going to die! Jesus was doing. He was 
Peace of God that passes all understanding. 